a fruitful relationship. Last semester, I met a young man who was not Catholic. His girlfriend was, and she would go to Mass, and he knew about this. And he himself was kind of, I don't know, open, searching, unsure. And so he asked her, he goes, can I go with you? And so I, I met him as he came to Mass with his girlfriend. Well, as many relationships do, uh, they broke up. Um, however, he kept coming to Mass. He started asking questions. He started coming by, stopping by the chapel. And now he's taking classes to possibly become Catholic this Easter. The relationship he was in did what it was supposed to do. That that relationship led him to the relationship. You and I were made for relationship. It's written into us. In Genesis, we hear today, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a suitable partner for him. And so God creates the birds and the wild animals, and none are a suitable partner. But then from Adam, God takes a rib from his side, which symbolizes the equality. Um, they stand side by side. And so that he creates female, so male and female. So that when the two come back to form that one flesh, the two become one. And in that union, they experience communion. So you and I, we, we were made for communion. That, that's, why, that's why it hurts so bad when relationships are ruptured. That's why it, it stinks when we don't experience genuine relationship. I've had a number of uh, freshmen specifically this year um, say to me that it's been very hard to get adjusted to college. <coughs> that they're having trouble making friends, not because you know, they lack social skills, but because it, it takes time. It takes being real and honest. It takes wasting time together. And, and when we compare you know, relationships back home and friends that we knew for many years, you, you can understand that it's gonna take some time to build those kinds of meaningful and fruitful relationships that, that we need for, for life, for joy, for peace, because that's how we're made. So I want to talk a little bit about relationships. Um, and I, I have a way that I look at this. I say, in general, there's kind of three kinds of relationships. You have friends, and then, which is all sorts of categories within that, and then you have friends that you, when you cross a certain threshold, and those friends move to what the college students call uh, friends with benefits, um, that you, you start to become more involved, right? You, you have a physical relationship. But then there's a, there's a certain kind, there's many types of those relationships, but there's only like a, one, like a certain kind of that intimacy that leads to new life. And so I wanna kinda just talk about that briefly. Um, first, friendship. C.S. Lewis says that friends stand side by side, eyes forward. That it's like I live my life, 
focusing on what's important to me, and every now and then, I look around and see who's focused on the same things. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna connect with people who have like the same goals, the same values, that kind of stuff. There was a, a young man said to me one day, he said, uh, Father, I'm, I'm struggling uh, to, make, to meet some good girls. And I said, yeah? He goes, because a lot of the girls I connect with, um, they want to like hook up and they want to like party. Um, and, uh, and I was like, oh wow. I said, um, where, where do you meet these girls? <laughs> and he said, well, at parties. <laughs> I was like, okay, you know? I said, but just objectively, if, if that's what we're seeking, we're gonna find people seeking the same things. If you want something different that's closer to your heart, what is your heart seeking? Like, what are you looking for at those parties? And so, there's different ways to look at friendships. Um, St. Thomas Aquinas says that, that love is to seek the good of the other for the sake of the other. That as we stand there with a common goal, I want what's best for you. Even if, even if I have to like sacrifice, even if I have to suffer, um, which leads us to Jesus talking about the greatest form of friendship. No greater love has a friend than to lay down their life for their friends. That, that's the ultimate friendship, right? But I don't need to be married to somebody to have that kind of intimate friendship. But I can experience kind of a, a communion, a deep intimacy with a friend that we share hearts. Uh, we're willing to sacrifice for one another and, and pursue a common goal together. We all need that. We all need intimate friendship in that way. And then some of those friendships, you move into the next category of, you know, friends, you cross a threshold and now we're intimately involved. Now this is where it gets a little messy because it's possible to actually become sexually involved with somebody that we don't even know. And in that regard, I would say that's actually not friendship. That's not seeking the good of the other. It's maybe trying to have this person meet some need within me, like I'm feeling lonely or something. And so, but there is a healthy part of that, that when it's a good friendship and we start to, you know, hold hands or give each other a hug or, you know, maybe give each other a kiss or something, that it's moving us towards the third category. Now this is the most intimate communion we can experience um, potentially on earth. And that is when it's, you know, a guy and a girl come together and they're focusing on the objective of we, we want to have a child together. And so the two of them, they're not just focused on each other, but they're focused on this common goal that takes both of their participation. And the fruit of that relationship is potentially another person. There's, there's a fruitfulness to it. Now, there's other relationships that can be all sorts of intimately involved, but will never yield a child. And so this is it's a very unique, potentially powerful uh, relationship that Jesus talks about today. That it's interesting that he talks about children right after talking about a husband and wife becoming one flesh. And that's a, that's a distinction. In our world today, we, we try to combine these categories. Like I said, we, get, we confuse them, but they really are kind of three different kinds of relationships. Um, and so why does God do that? 
Well, our faith teaches us that God reveals us as male and female with the ability to give life because that's the greatest image or reflection of who God is in his innermost being. That God himself is a communion of persons. The Father gives himself to the Son, the Son receives that love, and the love between them is so fruitful, it becomes a third person, the Holy Spirit. And so the marital relationship images who God is. And so we can't really change the reflection of the actual reality, um, but we can imitate it. So we hear all this and we may, well, okay, so, but how, how do we have fruitfulness in other ways? Like, what about friendship? Well, friendship, there's great peace and meaning, but ultimately all these relationships are ordered so that we can come to know him. And when you and I experience communion with him, there's also fruit. Galatians 5.22 says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, generosity, faithfulness, and self-control. There were uh, two girls came up to me after Newman Night this week. And the one is this girl I've known for a while. She's uh, you know, Catholic. But her room, she brought her roommate. And her roommate is not Catholic. But she's been coming around a little bit, and I forgot. I'm like, wait, you're not Catholic, are you? You know, she's like, she's like, no, but I like it here, you know? And so, um, and she says, I have a question though for you. <clears throat> you guys have been talking about this adoration thing that's happening every day. What is this adoration, you know? And so, um, and her friend, the Catholic friend's like, I tried to explain, but I don't know, Father, help me, you know? I need a lifeline, you know? So, um, so I kind of explained it. I said, well, you know, we receive, we believe that Jesus becomes present at Mass and, and the bread and wine are brought forward but then it becomes the body and blood. And through his flesh being consumed by my flesh, we have a one flesh union. That we can already experience that fruitfulness. I said adoration is to spend time with Jesus outside of Mass and just sit there and be with him. Be with him who is giving himself to us, who was broken for my brokenness. And, and I'm like, wondering how I'm doing here, and I look at them, and they're both smiling and nodding, and I was like, okay, good job, Father, you know, and, and they said, well, can we sign up? So they signed up. So they came the next day for adoration, that was Friday, and um, their dad told me, or her dad told me this. I said, I think they went to adoration, and he goes, they did. And afterwards, apparently, the two of them walked out, and the one girl turned to the other and said, after 30 minutes of sitting in the chapel with Jesus, she said, I feel the most peaceful I've ever felt. And the other girl said, me too. We're made for communion with God. And when we enter into that, there's a fruitfulness and a joy and a, and a meaning that, that nothing can replace. And, and it makes sense. You know, you look at me and you're like, hey, Father Matt, by the way, you're not married. You know, I was like, um, I was like yeah. Nor are religious sisters, nor are many people in this room, students mostly, you know, that how can they do that? How can, how can you be happy not being, if we're made for marriage, if we're made for, I said, no, we're made for communion. Marriage helps us experience that. Um, I said, but 
But here's the thing. It's meant to lead us to that communion and that relationship with God. And, and religious sisters and priests and people, they just kind of say, well, if that's how we're going to be in heaven, why don't we live heaven here on earth? I remember when I was in college, some of, my, some of the heaviest moments I had, it was I had had a relationship for about six months, and I was in my mind preparing to like, how am I going to pay for a wedding with this girl? And then she said goodbye. And it was like, ouch, this is not what I wanted. I was made for communion, and it hurts now that this relationship is lost. And it, it sent me into like, is my, it sent me, in, it was right after my senior year of college, it sent me into like a depression. And I felt like alone, and I hated it. But I took, by God's grace, I didn't know what else to do, so I took that pain and that loneliness, and I went to the Lord, and I said, I don't get it. I thought you wanted me to be happy. And over the course of the next year, as I, as I gave my pain and frustration and loneliness to him again and again, that I realized that he was with me the whole time. That he was the one who chose to be alone on the cross in order to be with me in my loneliness. And I started to experience a communion with God that nothing could touch. And in the end, I felt like God... He was inviting me to be with him. At this point, later on, I, I started dating another girl we were for about a year and a half. And I was, again, thinking about, you know, I wonder what ring size she is. You know? and, 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 and God said, you could do that. You could. And you'd be happy. But I want all of you for myself. And I had grown in communion with the Lord where I said, God, I know that you want my happiness, I know that you love me. I know, what, I know the peace I experience being with you. Why would I want anything else? And so I let go of the girl's hand in order to let mine be firmly grasped by his. And I tell you, since being a priest, I, I've never had a day where I felt lonely. They're like, wow, you must be so lonely. I was like, I fight for my alone time. Um, <laughs> I go home and I smile when I just... <sighs> Like, and I just, we have a chapel, and I sit with the Lord each night, and I just like, reflect on the day of how the Lord was present and at work and loving me through all the people I encountered that day. That's what we're made for. And in, until we know that, we're going to be searching and grasping after all these relationships that cannot fill us. About two years ago, I met this young lady. And she had been dating a student here, and this young man um, had gone through the, the process and was baptized at Easter. And so she had kind of watched this process, and she watched how her boyfriend, like, changed for the better. And she noticed that, like, he was looking at the Lord. It's almost like, you know, when somebody stares in the sky and you walk by and you're like, what are you looking at? <laughs> you know, like, like she's, she starts looking to see what he's looking at. And so she asked, she started coming to church with him. She's, she's unbaptized. But she's like, can I go to church with you? And so she starts going to church with him. Well, he goes on, he's baptized. Um, he goes on to graduate and uh, goes off to uh, military training in Oklahoma. And the relationship has grown. And she said, okay, now that you're, you know, now they were engaged at this point. And they, they could have, like some military couples do, they could have just run off and gotten married quickly. But she said, no, because if this is going to be for the rest of our lives, I don't want to rush it, and I want to take time to pursue the relationship that most matters. 
And so last year, while he was gone, she went through the process, and then she herself was baptized last Easter. That that relationship had led her to the relationship. The measure of how healthy and good our relationships are for us are how much they are leading us to the relationship. And any relationship that gets in the way of that, that obscures things, where I feel used rather than loved, that needs to go. Because I was made to be loved. That you and I were made for relationship. And when we experience a healthy relationship here on earth, it provides the fruit of feeling safe and loved and cared for. But a hundred, a million times more important is the fruitfulness that comes from the relationship, the communion with our God who created us, who knows us, who lays down his life for us so that we can have a relationship that's fruitful.